Today, I want to preach a sermon called Life is Worth Living. And I just want to let parents know right now a little disclaimer here that I'm going to be talking about depression and I'm going to be talking about suicide. And so if you want your kids to put the headphones on, uh, go watch a Go Kids video. If you're live or in the living room or wherever you're at, I just wanted to give you that disclaimer. We have kids church and you have options. So I didn't want to get into this, but you get the point. I do want to give another disclaimer as well. I am not the final word on this. This is an additional word on these topics and what the Bible has to say about them. I'm not a licensed counselor. I'm a pastor and I am pastoring this moment because of what we're going through in the world right now. And, um, if I could say this to right off the start, to anyone that has experienced the pain of, of, of a suicide in their family or in your friendship, I, I just want you to know that our deepest condolences go out to you. Um, you experienced a pain that you probably never knew existed to that level and that depth. And I just want you to know that I, I am praying for the peace of God to fill your heart. I am praying that my efforts to speak on this will help bring healing to your family, to your life, to your, you know, just who you are. And I'm just praying right now that we will point people to Jesus and the hope in Jesus Christ and that this message will bring healing. Now, in the midst of the COVID crisis that's been going on, I started to notice this. Um, I noticed that there's been an increase in depression, an increase in anxiety, an increase in stress, um, suicidal thoughts, and sadly, attempts and even suicides. Uh, I, I've just observed this in our church, in the community, as I talk to counselors, and uh, we've seen it. It's not just anecdotal here in our own church. There have been studies that have been done that this is a very real thing that is going on. Um, from USA Facts, it said the coronavirus pandemic is affecting America's mental health. And it said that they started doing surveys starting on April 23rd. And they said that uh, some demographic groups have a depression rate above 60%. That's very real. Depression is going up. They said that 55% of Americans are right now experiencing frequent nervousness, anxiousness. They're on edge within the last seven days. A quarter of the respondents even said like three or four days per week they are feeling this. And we're seeing this as we counsel people and as we uh, are having funerals for people and, and recognizing that this is something that is very real and we have to talk about it. We have to address this. I always read the proverb of the day, whatever day it is. You know, if it's the 17th, I read the Proverbs 17. And I read on the 18th, Proverbs 18, 14, and I couldn't help, it jumped off. It said, the human spirit can endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear talking about sickness, and I thought, I couldn't help but think about coronavirus and a crushed spirit, and, and I'm saying that everybody has to weigh their risk, but I've talked to people that have come to church and said, I have a crushed spirit. I've had to get into the place of worship. I, I, I had to risk this. It's my first time out. I was being crushed, and we've seen a movie mogul, uh, Steve Bing, he committed a suicide, and, and, and he said the lack of human contact during this quarantine caused him just to go over the edge. It's that crushed spirit, like what the Bible says. And I'm saying right now that maybe we'll have to weigh our risk of sickness versus crushed spirit because we can fight through sickness. But for many, that crushed spirit is taking them down. And I'm saying right now, life is worth living. You are too valuable. We want you to fight through this and live another day. And the church wants to address this. You say, is this in our state? You know, our campuses are in Minnesota. 
Minnesota is not exempt. According to the Star Tribune, they said Minnesota has nearly the highest rate of major depression in the country. It's sad. The women in Minnesota are tied with Maine for the highest depression diagnosis rate in America, Minnesota and Maine. And our millennials rank second in depression behind Utah. This is something that's very real. So regardless of where you're watching this, this is something that is affecting us. And I wanna speak to depression and to uh, suicide. And I, I know this, I've been battling depression like never before, and I'm an optimist. And I've had days that I couldn't make a to-do list. And, and, and then other days I wanna take on the world. And thankfully I feel like the crushed spirit is over. I'm, I'm, I'm back and I'm feeling this, but I, I know that for others, you're wondering like, did I do something wrong? Is there some deep sin? And I wanna say this, no, there's not some deep sin. I mean, Moses, Elijah, Jonah, they all battled depression, even to the point of wishing they were dead. Think about that. In 1 Kings 19, verse four, we have Elijah. It says this, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, speaking of Elijah, he came to a, a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I mean, James chapter five says he was just like you and I, and here he is so depressed that he wants to end. He's like, just take it, Lord, take it. So I, I want you to know this, that if you're battling depression, as I speak on that first, ask for help. Counseling is not bad. Counseling is good. Counseling, I, I just had to settle this years ago. Counseling is like coaching. And I don't feel bad for asking a coach to help me have a breakthrough. I don't ask a coach, you know, and feel like, oh, I'm all ashamed, I can't do that. Uh, what coaches do and counselors do, they unlock things for us. They right-size our problems. I saw this illustration years ago. This is a quarter. And if I hold this quarter right here, man, it can block out everything. And it blocks it. it but if I hold it out here, I put it in perspective. And counselors put our problems in perspective for us. That's what they do. They give us new tools. They could even speak prophetically into our life, pray for us. And you need to realize asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Needing help is part of God's design. In Genesis chapter two, uh, it says this in verse 18, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. It's not good for you to be alone. He's like, I, I, you're in this together. Asking for help is a blessing for others because they get to fulfill the Lord's will on their life. Galatians chapter six, two says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. When you bear one another's burden, you're fulfilling what God wants you to do. Asking for help also acknowledges that we need grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I mean, get the help, ask for help, do this. It's it's not bad. If you're battling depression, get the help. And here's another scripture for you. Psalm 34, four says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. I have grabbed that one. I've given that one away so many different times. That's in there for you if you are battling depression. Remember, things change. COVID's gonna pass. Something's gonna happen. We're gonna figure this out. Situations in life change and you're gonna get through it you are gonna get through it. We talked about that early on in Isaiah 43, when you walk through the water, when you go through the fire, you're gonna get through. And if you need help, I just wanna stop for just a moment. If you need resources and you need help, I want you to do this. Text the word FIND CARE to 94,000. FIND CARE to 94,000. 
And, and everything I'm gonna give you now is gonna be at that location, but you can also talk to a pastor, pray with a pastor, and get directed to where you can get care. There's also a crisis hotline. I wanna give you this. It's for a suicide crisis hotline, all right? I, and I need you to jot this down. Pause this, stop this, grab your phone, take it out. 1-800-273-8255. Put it in your phone. National Suicide Helpline. 1-800-273-8255. We want to give help right now. If you're in the military, I wanna to talk to you right now. Did you know that um, 27 vets die per day because of suicide? That's a problem that we need to help solve. And one of our Kingdom Builder partners, The Warrior's Journey, thewarriorsjourney.org, if you go there, these guys are helping. They are bringing peace. They are bringing hope. They are, they're, they're a Kingdom Builder partner. We, we sponsor them every single year for several years now. But veterans really in the 18 to 34 age group have the highest suicide rate in the nation. We need to bring help. We need to bring hope. We need to say people that are battling depression, depression that turns into suicidal thoughts, there's hope for you. And you can also, with uh, the military, if you text the word op order to 97,000, make sure that's different, op order to 97,000, there's specific help. They said they will answer that within 90 seconds. There is help available, real people that wanna help you through these problems. I wanna give you hope. I wanna give you hope right now. There, there's hope. We had a young man come to our church. He was involved in a dark part of our country, very dark. I don't even wanna uh, say where he was and what was going on. But he realized he was in risk for his family. He said, I saw things I should have never seen in my life. And he said, I had to move. I had to move to Minnesota to save my family, to save my life. And when he moved here, he was battling depression because he lost his success. He lost his identity because he was involved in a dark group. And all of a sudden from that, he, he was battling depression. He thought, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna take my life. This is over. And he remembers the day that he wrote the note and his dad called him that day, unexpected, and it stopped him from doing it. But he continued to have these thoughts and these lingering thoughts were there. And finally, his wife convinced him to go to church. They came to River Valley and she said, you need to go to Freedom Ministry. He did it just to appease her. He had already written the note, I'm gonna take my life. At that Freedom Encounter, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He found the freedom, he got delivered. He said, I found healing. Now he has since joined our internship program. The other day I saw him welcoming people at the campus and he was waving out there, waving to you and, and I coming in and tears were rolling down his face and I thought he must be happy that people are coming. Man, he's like, my life has changed because of Jesus Christ. There's hope, life is worth living. I wanna speak it over and over again. Life is worth living. Now, I, 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 I just have to address this and talk about suicide because the Bible does mention it, and it doesn't give clear, but it gives six accounts of it. We have Abimelech, Samson, Saul and his armor bearer, Ahithabel, Ahithabel, Zamir, and Judas. And we should see this, that it's in there. So people do take their life. The Bible doesn't cover up the ugly. It tells us the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I wanna just speak this. Suicide should not be an option for Christians. It is not an option for Christians, and if you're thinking of doing this, you need to stop right now. And I know that there are Christians that do this. They see that they're in their pain and they can't see any way out of their pain. They see in or out, and out is over there, not through. And Jesus wants to get you through. I mean, I really believe this. Most people don't wanna end their life, they just wanna end their pain. 
And I'm speaking again over and over again, your life is too valuable. We love you too much. We care too much to not bring this up. Pastor Sam Storm says this, although suicide is most assuredly a sin that violates God's expressed will concerning the sanctity of life, there is no evidence to conclude that it is a sin beyond the reach of the forgiveness obtained for us at the cross of Christ. I believe that. I believe it is not the unpardonable sin, but I believe it's not the option for Christians. I've had to preach funerals for those that have taken their life through suicide, and I believe that people in pain can want out of the pain so much that they can't see a way through. But God wants to speak to you and say that there's a way through. I believe that we see in the Bible, Moses, Elijah, Jonah, I talked about it. They were so depressed they wanted to die. We see this. I believe that people then sometimes take a wrong, sinful choice as the way out, and, and only God is the taker of life. He, he says, I give it, I take it in Genesis and Exodus. He's the one that reserves that right for our time to be born, our time to die. I believe this, that God's grace is what covers all of us. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, it's for, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast. Every one of us needs grace. Grace is all we're hoping for. If we don't have grace, we don't work our way in. And so we apply that grace. And I believe the final season in our life, our faith with all of our battles and our failures, it's not the only season of faith that will testify if we were giving our lives to Jesus Christ, if we live for him. Now I'm saying it's not the unpardonable and I believe that. I believe that there are people that can be so confused in such cloud that they can choose this option as a way out, not realizing that God can get them through. And I believe every one of us needs forgiveness. And you say, well, Pastor Rob, how could you say that? About somebody could do this and still be in heaven. And, and please, if anybody's contemplating, it's not the right answer right now. Your life is worth living. But I believe this in the pain of people's lives, pain produces things that we wouldn't normally do. Pain pushes us to be inconsistent. Think about a soldier that is captured in war and he's tortured or he or she gives up things, says things, does things they would normally never do, but the pain causes them to be inconsistent with who they are. I believe this, that the pain can be there so much so that our courts won't even allow a confession made under pain, torture, and duress. Think about that. Our own courts. The Bible talks about God being a righteous judge in Psalms uh, 7 and, and verse 11, that he's a righteous judge. And I believe this, that we can trust God as a righteous judge to put this into his hands. Now, I know no illustration is perfect, but when Logan was young, he was sick. We were going to Disney and he got so sick. We had to go to the emergency room. He is dehydrated. We, I think he needed three bags of fluid and he was a little baby. He was so sick. And in that room, he just was not himself. And the pain and, and the sickness and what he was in caused him to yell and scream at Becca and I. And he screamed, I hate you. I hate you. And he just kept yelling it. I hate you. And Becca had to leave the room, left me in there with him. And I remember like, I didn't spank him. I hugged him. I hugged him. And once he finally got full of fluids, he's like, can I eat? And then after he was full of fluids, I didn't say, like, I remember. We took him to Disney. You know what? The pain caused him to do things that he wouldn't normally do. And I believe sometimes the pain in our life causes us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. And I want to tell you, God can get you through the pain. God can get you to the other side of this. This is not the answer. 
And I believe we should allow an all-wise, all-loving, all-knowing God to be the judge of this and place this in his hands. Not for false comfort, but for real comfort, knowing that that's the God we serve. Now, for all of us that are here, I've got to say it again and again and again. We matter. You matter. Your life matters. Life is worth living. You need to get through this. We love you. You need to grab the lifeline that's being offered to you. Rick Warren, who lost his son to suicide, said suicide is like using a nuclear bomb on a mosquito nest. Others have said it's a a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Don't take that option. Stand up for life. Let's, Let's realize that life will have hardship, but God says it'll get us through. John 16, 33 says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He wants us to get through this, to be overcomers. And I'm standing here talking to whoever's listening right now. Life is worth living. Your life is valuable. Hold on to the lifeline that's being given to you. This church, your family, God, we love you too much to not talk about this. If we are dealing with anyone that is contemplating suicide, I want to give you an acronym um, to just help you with this. Lean, lean, L-E-A-N, lean. And I believe, again, time just gets away. It goes so fast. Remember, this is not the final word. Maybe this is just going to burst something in you to talk about, to get help, to resource, to go after this. But L stands for listen. I want you to listen. You need to listen to somebody that is talking suicidal thoughts. You need to listen validating them and showing that you care. Listen to these people. E stands for encourage them to tell you more and to talk to other people. So listen, encourage them to tell you more and talk to other people. See, there's a myth. If we talk about it, then they're going to do it. That's a myth. That's a myth. We talk about this and they can sometimes get the help and the new perspective in this. Don't stay silent thinking like, if I bring this up, then they'll for sure. That's a myth. That's not true. Another thing is you can ask them. So we're going to listen. We're going to encourage. We're going to ask them. We're going to ask them, will you go with me to get help? If they say yes, great, get them help. If they say no, ask them another one. Will you allow me to get you some help? They say no, okay. Will you promise me you won't harm yourself until I can get you help? All right, and then the last one, be notified. Notified, which I'm getting here on this. You do not have an obligation to hold someone's confidence that wants to do self-harm. If you, God has placed you in their life for such a time as this, be bold enough to open up and say, I'm going to listen. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to ask you these questions, and I'm going to notify the people that can get you help. I love you too much. I'd rather have you be angry at me for violating this confidence. I don't even pledge a confidence to anybody that's sharing these things. I say, no, I'm not going to keep it confidence. I'm going to get you the help that you need in Jesus Christ. That's what I'm going to do. And then I would add this. So lean and pray. Lean and pray. Lean and pray. Do Listen. Uh, encourage. Ask. Notify. And then pray for this person and continue to pray for them and lift them up. I just believe that there's so much more we could talk about. God wants us to say life is worth living. God wants us to be on mission. God wants us to bring hope to people that are depressed. God wants us to lift up people right now and to say, we're with you. We stand with you. We love you. Your life is worth living. God has a plan for you. 
And for those of us that remain, I just pray that we'll comfort one another. If we've lost anyone, we'll comfort one another and we will fight so hard against the enemy that has taken these loved ones away from us. We stand with them and we say, we stand with you and we will fight so hard to, to fight this battle. I talked to one dad this week and he said, we lost our son. And he said, I, I, I give money, I write things, I do things because I believe God wants me to make a difference. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stand there. Life is worth living. If you are battling this, I pray in Jesus' name for this to lift off. And so, Lord, I'm praying for depression to lift off of people. I'm praying for people that have contemplated suicide, for that to be gone in Jesus' name, for them to open up, for them to share, for them to talk, for them to get the help they need. We will take this very seriously and we will say life is worth living. I pray right now for a special courage and boldness on our church to be bold if they see someone depressed, if they feel these thoughts, I pray that we'd have enough love and passion in our heart to go and, and talk about this and tell people how much we love them, how much we care for them, and we will fight to save every life we can in Jesus' name. So give us the grace and the strength to do that, and may any person battling this be lifted out of that depression. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.